In the name of the one holy and living God, amen. The last weekend I came back from a couple of weeks in a very remote part of the Sonoran Desert in Arizona. And I've been going there with family members for about 15 years. And I've grown to love the landscape, the ecosystem. But when I'd first moved to California after college, having grown up in climates where there were, was abundant rain and lush growth, I saw this desert as ugly, inhospitable, a big void that was brown and prickly. But now I've come to love the desert. I love to see the interconnectedness there, and that is what has struck me more than anything this year being out in that wilderness. I saw the interconnectedness of plants and birds and insects. And the one that, that struck me most profoundly was seeing a jumping choya cactus. I don't know if you've ever seen those. They have a stalk, and kind of like a tree stalk, and then there are all these branches with prickers kind of going all over the place. And it kind of looks like one of those cartoon characters with wiry hair coming out. And what was amazing is in this one jumping choya, I saw a bird's nest. And it wasn't a little tiny nest in between a couple of tiny prickers. It was a big oblong nest. It was a nest of what's called a cactus wren and it's nestled right within this batch of prickly branches. And I saw how what could, to the eye, look like a harsh plant, be a nurturing plant. It was hosting a home. The essential nature of that jumping choya was holding space and hosting birds. And these birds in the desert come to learn how vital they are. They pollinate. They disperse seeds after they've munched vegetation so that new plants grow. And it made me think about our own interconnectedness and what can often feel like a desert of a life. What is humanity's place in the world? What is our sacred essence? We're created in the image of God. And from the get-go, Genesis tells us that God created us, male and female. And God saw everything God made and declared that indeed it was good. So, children of God, created in the image of God and good. And today in the gospel we hear that you are, we are salt of the earth that we are light of the world. Jesus is describing our being, and more than our being, what our being functions or how our being functions in this world. Jesus is describing that our saltiness and our light is to be fully interconnected, not to exist on its own. And you think about salt's function, it's to bring out flavors in a dish, flavors that are already there, but bring them to the fore. You think of salt entering a stew and bringing out the essential flavors of that stew. And salt is not something that is standalone, is very powerful, 
We'd never go and say, ooh, I'm really hungry. I'm going to get a spoonful of salt. <laughs> nope. Our salt, little bits of salt, grains of salt, are to be part of life's great stew. A friend of mine yesterday was making Tuscan bean and kale stew, and she said, you know, we don't call it Tuscan bean and kale and salt stew. Our essence is an essence that is created to bring out the flavor in the world. Our essence of love, of goodness, of who God created us to be is to enter the fullness of what's around us and bring out that love. And it's the same with the light. It illumines what's around. And you think sometimes of looking directly at a light and how that can kind of hurt. So what we're supposed to look at is what is the light illuminating? And if our light joins other light, the colors of the world come out. That love shines. And it's useless under a bushel. It's useless alone and hidden. And this is who we are. We don't aspire to be salt and light. We are the salt and light, fundamentally. Eugene Peterson has a transliteration of the, the, the New Testament where he says that our salt is to bring out the God flavors of the world. Our light is to bring out the God light. Or another friend puts it, our light is there to show the technicolor of the world, to illumine the brightness. So I'm really grateful for this reminder this week because I came out of the desert at a time where I did not have access to internet or much cell service at all. I came out to the news of the mass murders in Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay. I came out of the desert to the protests that were erupting over Tyree Nichols' murder. The footage had just been released and then compounding that racism, I came out of the desert here at the beginning of Black History Month to witness this push to erase black history. These are ugly, ugly areas where light and love and the dignity of who everyone is created to be is being murdered and extinguished, abused and denied. Jesus warns us against ignoring this. Jesus warns us against being salt that loses its flavor. And I didn't realize salt can lose its flavor. But it turns out that salt and its essence never expires. It's a rock. But it will lose its flavor if it's mixed with additives or preservatives and that it's when its essential nature is diluted. And that can reduce it to a five-year shelf life. So I hear in Jesus' call the need for us to be who we are in the desert of our world. It really felt this week like I'd come into a radically inhospitable landscape that threats to survival are all around where there are additives of racist culture and societal gun violence and rampant poverty are destroying the essence of who we are as a people. 
So our call is to bring our saltiness, our light, into our own context, where we are living. I'm thinking about salt again. When I grew up, I just knew about salt. It turns out there's Himalayan salt, the pink salt, the brown salt, all these different kinds of salt that bring out different kinds of flavor. So in our peculiarity, our, our particularity of our own salt, we are to enter into the flavors of this world. And I was encouraged this week just in a, on a small scale by looking at the leadership in our Episcopal Church and how they have shined light or shared salt through these horrors. Our own diocese, right after the Monterey Park shooting, in our own diocese, Bishop Taylor decried gun violence boldly, called for change. And if you don't know, there is an organization in our church called Bishops United Against Gun Violence, that bishops across the denomination have come together. And then this week, I read about the Episcopal Church's minister, missioner for, Af for African descent ministries. The Reverend Ronald Boyd Sr. wrote, that we can't talk about our experience in America without talking about what it means to be black in America. Black history is American history, and the two are inextricably tied together. And to not talk about it in schools is essentially educational malpractice. As I think about the choices we have, Choices to be made. At the gigantic scale, we've got the horrific choices that the police officers made in murdering and beating Tyree Nichols. And the last couple of days, what struck me is this news of the choices of the paramedics who showed up on the scene. They did not choose an act to their true nature of who they are. They did not immediately care for Tyree Nichols. They accepted the additive of the police interpretation of, oh, he's on drugs, as if even being on drugs warrants denying medical care. They didn't do their own assessment and treatment. And that's salt that's lost its flavor. That's light under a bushel. And those are extreme examples of how deadly it can be to not live into our essence. I doubt that any of us have had such extreme moments like this. But it's very likely we've all had micro-moments. Micro-moments of decision-making. Do we hold back from adding our salt to this situation? Do we hide our light? How might we put a little sprinkle of ourselves in? How might we shine love? Might we live into our essence as the children of God who are made by love for love to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world? It's a question of how do we be? What choices do we make to live faithfully into who we are 
and whom we've been created to be from the very beginning. Jesus reminds us at the end of the gospel reading that he's not come to abolish the law or the prophets. And we heard this loud and clear in the first reading from Isaiah, who defines the call, the fast, the offering we are to give to God, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the throngs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to feed, to house. And Isaiah writes, Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall bring, spring up quickly. So if I, I've come out of the wilderness desert, the ge- geologic desert, into this cultural desert, I hear this call. And the question echoes in my heart, how do I be who I was created to be? How do we be who we're created to be? How do we be faithful? How do we be part of God's work to build the kingdom of God, to participate in what God is doing in the world? Because there is salt everywhere, there is light everywhere, And our job at heart is to be our own salt, to be our own light, and to bring out the God flavors and God light and God colors of this world. Amen.